Hi, I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. Yeah, and we're back after a bit of a brief break. We're back now to talk about a very special franchise that has been around for a long time. Looney Tunes, or like the early two cartoons, Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies, which were inspired by Walt Disney's Silly Symphony cartoons. And I believe this is the 90th year anniversary for the for Looney Tunes. Yep. And the reason we're also talking about it is because recently HBO Max released new Looney Tunes specials or Looney Tunes shorts, rather. I haven't had a chance to watch them. Have you? Not quite yet, though, but... I did read online today that Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam are no longer using guns in these new cartoons. Yeah, I think in response to a lot of the civil unrest that has been happening happening recently, you know, most recently and as well as in the last few years, I think that was a decision that they just wanted to be mindful of the impact. So they made that, that revision to those characters. But for the most part, from what I can tell, it's the same... Looney Tunes characters that we know and love, and we'll be talking about them more in just a minute. But first, let's answer last episode's trivia question, which was before social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, what was a popular social media that people used? It was MySpace. I remember when it... Like when people used it between 2005 and 2008. Yeah, it was the it was very popular at a, for a pretty brief time before Facebook kind of won out. And then after after Facebook sort of became the social media standard, MySpace still functioned, but it actually operated more as a platform for musicians and artists to promote their work. And for a while it functioned that way, but now it's, I don't, I don't think it's, I'm not sure if it's completely defunct, but it's certainly nothing like what it once was. Yeah, I see. Interesting. Yeah, I know. Okay. So that was the answer to last episode's trivia question. Stick around to the end of this episode for another trivia question. But now let's get started on our feature presentation. So Looney Tunes is a series of cartoons who, where we all know characters such as Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Elmer Fudd, Tweety, Sylvester, Granny, Yosemite Sam, Boghorn Leghorn, Marvin the Martian, Pepe Le Pew, Speedy Gonzalez, Tasmanian Devil, Roadrunner, Wile E. Coyote, and many others. It's pretty remarkable because almost every single Looney Tunes character is iconic. But none more so than obviously Bugs Bunny. The the imagery of these characters is is almost universal in a way because you'll see them popping up now in different shows and movies and commercials and they've their theme park rides based off of them and there are <laughs> music albums, video games. I mean, they they've just permeated the entire culture and really have been a huge influence on general audiences in terms of what they find funny and what they look for in animation. I know. 
in the 1930s, like Warner Brothers, like Merry Melodies, which were supposed, which were the sister cartoons to Looney Tunes, and were was Warner Brothers' own version of Walt Disney Silly Symphonies. Yeah, and can you tell for people who are not familiar with what these Silly Symphonies and Merry Melodies were? Could you tell us a little bit about what those were? Comedy musical comedy cartoons from back like they did in the 1930s and 40s which were mainly slapsticky. And Looney Tunes were very similar in that regard, but by the 40s, the Merry Melodies and the Looney Tunes were basically indistinguishable. They were using the same characters, were using the same style of animation. One of their early characters was called was named Bosco, similar to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, who first appeared in um 1929 and Tex Avery Frizz Freeling, Bob Camplett created a lot of their early characters. And then Chuck Jones came along. So, like, Ted Avery and and Chuck Jones are probably the two most famous animators ever, just in terms of their legacy. They they were instrumental in making Looney Tunes what it is. The first major Looney Tune they introduced was Porky Pig and then Daffy Duck. Yeah, and when did when did uh, Bugs Bunny get introduced? As an early prototype in Porky's um, hair hunt as Happy Rabbit, but as a wild hair as Bugs Bunny. Which wasn't until 1940, uh, so about 10 years after Looney Tunes got started. Which is crazy, because, I mean, when you talk to people about Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny is the character that they think of. Yeah. He looked, his face looked different, and his voice was different. How do you feel? As sweet as we are fine. I'll be out in a couple of days. A couple of days? That's what you think. (laughs) (laughs) And in the early Bugs Bunny cartoons, Elmer Fudd also looked different. Yeah, and it's interesting if you look back at those old versions it's kind of striking the differences it's kind of like similar how steamboat willie looked very very different from the mickey mouse that we know today but it is with with the introduction of characters like bugs bunny daffy duck porky pig that led into what is considered looney tunes and really all of animation's golden age like looney tunes has had many that have won oscars like what's opera doc as well as duck amuck nighty night bugs and tweety pie for instance tweety pie the first cartoon where tweety first met sylvester won an academy cartoon academy award yeah so let's let's talk about some of those shorts because they are considered by many to be masterpieces of the art form not just for looney tunes one of my favorites is actually Duck Amuck. Daffy breaks the fourth wall in that cartoon. Right. So it's the premise of that short is that it's just Daffy Duck hanging out. And there's like this rogue animator who you never see until the end of the episode who is changing the scenery around him, who's changing Daffy Duck himself, erasing things, drawing in ridiculous things. <sighs> constantly breaking the fourth wall and it's and it's just considered one of the best shorts ever made and i find it really interesting because chuck jones who animated and directed that short 
he talked about how his goal with that is to sort of push the form as far as possible to see how little of the character of Daffy Duck did you need on screen in order to recognize him as Daffy Duck. The answer apparently is literally nothing. All you need his, is his voice to recognize him as Daffy Duck. And like, there, there are great scenes where like his entire body except for his duck bill has been erased. So he's just completely bodiless. Or he's been drawn in with this absurd body. Yeah, it was hilarious, I know. And then uh, One Froggy Evening, which was released in 1955 and was the first appearance of one of the lesser-known Looney Tunes, one of the characters that it wouldn't be generally considered part of the primary cast. That would be Michigan J. Frog. And that cartoon had basically no dialogue except for the frog singing. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Send me a kiss by which is a famous which is a famous classic song the story of that is also very funny because it's like this construction worker who finds a box that has this frog and it's a talking singing dancing frog so he's thinking oh i can put i can make a show around this and become famous and make a lot of money but the problem is is that this frog will not perform for anyone other than this person who discovered him. And, mm. and it's just this <laughs> harrowing story of watching this guy have his entire life ruined trying to get this frog to perform for people, and it just <laughs> it just won't. No, I know. And then probably the, the last one, and I think, I think you mentioned this one, What's Opera Doc, which is sort of loosely based on Richard Wagner's uh, operas. Definitely one of the most famous shorts of all time. Yes, it was, it had Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd performing opera and like, like, and dressed up as Vikings. <laughs> and, and it's a very dramatic and, and at one point Bugs Bunny dresses up as female Viking and Elmer Fudd like falls in love with him. And it's, it's a whole thing. Interesting. Yeah. I know. Like, I remember at the, around the time there was also, Devil May Hare, which was the first appearance of Tasmanian Devil, one of the most popular characters, who we know better as Taz. The many that had Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner, about Wile E. Coyote who never catches, who never gives up on catching the Roadrunner, but no matter how hard he tries, he always fails. One of my favorite gags from that is when he draws, when Wile E. Coyote draws like the fake tunnel on, on a yeah. solid rock wall. And then somehow the Roadrunner is able to run through it completely fine. And then Wiley Coyote tries to run through himself and then he just smacks up against the wall. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the legacy of Looney Tunes, for instance, I know that in like Warner Brothers animation, the original division shut down in 1966. But in later years, they did things like some of them appeared in the in the Robert Zemeckis film that was a Disney touchstone hybrid film who framed Roger Rabbit. That, that was one of the first films that had that hybrid form. And you would see it again. And space jam, like about a decade later, you have this crossover between Michael Jordan playing basketball with a bunch of Looney Tunes characters. I also know in the nineties, they did Warner brothers did shows made 
which were directed by Steven Spielberg, which were Tiny Toon Adventures, which had like child versions of the Looney Tunes, like Buster Bunny, Babs and Buster Bunny, which Buster was the counterpart to Bugs and Plucky Duck was the counterpart to Daffy Duck and ones like Hampton Pig, counterpart to Porky Pig and the obnoxious Elmira Duff, who was like the counterpart to Elmer Fudd and Montana Max, who was really bad tempered, the counterpart to Yosemite Sam. So I guess the question I have for you, Ezra, is like, obviously, HBO is making new versions of Looney Tunes. Why do these characters and these kind of stories and and this kind of humor, what gives it so much staying power? Because they love the the slapstick and people of new generations love them, just like how people of older generations did. Also, I know... There was Animaniacs, I remember, which is getting a reboot later this year. And then a spinoff called Pinky and the Brain, which were really popular from the 90s. I mean, they were all inspired and and could really credit their existence with Looney Tunes in terms of their senses of humor that they had. You know, these they're very, very famous for a good reason. But I, I just want to explore that a little bit more with you, Ezra, about why why do you find it so funny? Because like I'm talking, I'm talking through these episodes, and I can hear you <laughs> laughing in the background. So why do you find it so funny? Because they're all amusing, and they have so much silly, silly moments. For instance, like it's really, really funny when Sylvester always, always attempting to catch Tweety, <laughs> but he always fails and often gets hurt. It's a recurring trope where you will have some character who is pursuing another character. Whether it's Elmer Fudd pursuing Bugs Bunny, Sylvester pursuing Tweety, Wiley Coyote pursuing the Roadrunner. Where you have these characters who are trying to catch somebody and they keep bumbling and failing and hurting themselves more Mm. than they actually... It's an illustration of futility. If they just, you know, just decide, I'm going to give up. This isn't worth it. They would have saved themselves so much trouble. And I think that's a big part of the humor. I know. I also know several years after Space Jam, there was one that was a spy action film called Looney Tunes Back in Action. I remember, and it was had Bugs and Daffy with teaming up with a man and woman to, on a spy mission to save the world. And the bad guy in the movie was played by Steve Martin, whose character was named Mr. Chairman, and several Looney Tunes who are villains like Elmer Fudd, Yosemite Sam, Aunt Taz and Marvin the Martian worked for him, I remember. But that one, unlike Space Jam, wasn't very financially successful. And I'm saying Warner Brothers feature animation shut down as a result following the poor box office results of Looney Tunes back in action. It's going to be interesting to see what the response is to these new Looney Tunes shorts on HBO Max. And also, I know it's it's been in production for a while, but there's a sequel to Space Jam coming out at some point. It's going to come out next year. It's called Space Jam, A New Legacy, and it'll be released in July of next year. Okay, well, there you go. So we'll have to stick around and see how that is. But yeah, it's it's very interesting because, like, I mean, we're talking about being around for 90 years, and, and it really is a testament, I think, to the quality of the animation, the quality of the humor, the quality of the storytelling of these shorts that... To this day, I can still remember vividly those shorts that I watched as a kid. 
Yeah, I know. And it's some of the things in the 2000s, I remember that Looney Tunes, like one of them was Duck Dodgers, which was a spinoff show where Daffy plays his alter ego, Duck Dodgers, based on the classic Duck Dodgers cartoons they did. In Porky Pig plays his his assistant and his arch enemy in that show is Marvin the Martian. I remember also Baby Looney Tunes, which featured cute baby versions of Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Tweety, Sylvester, Taz, and all their friends. And it was mainly targeted for younger, littler ones. And also Lunatics Unleashed, which featured like the Looney Tunes as superheroes and supervillains. Like also other things they did like from 2011 to 2014, there was the Looney Tunes show. And from 2015 to 2019, there was new Looney Tunes. And there were some 3D computer animated Looney Tunes shorts from 2010 to 2012 that accompanied some Warner Brothers films. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> I guess we're going to have to sign up for HBO Max, but um, it's going to be very exciting to see how these shorts turn out. And it's just, it's exciting to see that the legacy is still continuing to this day. So if you're able to watch them yourselves, we'd love to hear from you about what you think about them and, and, and some of your favorites from your own childhood. Yeah. That's all, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate your time. If you like what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash animation and beyond. If you do support us, you will get access to exclusive content only available to our patrons. In the meantime, we have a trivia question from Ezra. Who is this famous voice actor who is most famous for being the voice of Goofy, who's known for voicing many other things too, such as some of the Looney Tunes? Okay, so if you know the answer, give us a shout on Facebook, or send us an email at animationandbeyond at gmail.com. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you next week. 